Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Not a lot of real exciting news out in the numbers these days, other than mortgages are going up and the price of oil has come way down. Oil's down in the 50s again, mid-50s, 20% drop in about a week. I'm not at all surprised. No one out in the marketplace is concerned at all about the supply of oil. Venezuela's not helping. Nobody cares about the Iranians. Russia's got plenty. They just don't have to sell it. So do the Saudis. And actually, the new production out of the United States has a huge impact on that. So the price of oil comes down. The odds of oil going to $100 a barrel are remote. Freddie Mac has put out mortgage numbers that say you can still get a mortgage in the fours. That is not the case, not available. I've talked to a couple of mortgage people. You can't get a residential mortgage, even if you're a first-rate payer, less than about five and three quarters. And if it's commercial, it's going to be up in the sixes. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, new mortgage applications are down, down at a two-year low. And critically important cities, Denver, sales are down almost 16% year over year. And the inventory is up 35%. Seattle is the other one, which are very tech-centered economies. Sales are down 18% in Seattle and the inventory up 100%. That just started happening this summer impact of the Fed raising rates. Now, here's the affordability and the mortgage rate numbers. When mortgage rates go up, the affordability index, which is basically the ability for most people to qualify for a mortgage, comes down. Well, that's just the case. This is a buyer's market if you can pay cash or have a mortgage in hand already. But this situation, it doesn't at all surprise that all of the home builders all across the country have turned south. New permits are down. That's just going to be the case. Again, part of the Federal Reserve. Now, not getting a new mortgage is not a function of not having the income. Income is fine in the U.S. These are the bankruptcy numbers. They're down where they should be. In fact, they're uh, decades low right now. It's the ability to qualify. There's a lot of people that built their family budgets and their home purchases around mortgages in the threes. Well, now they're in the fives. And they're probably going mm, the sixes before the Fed is done. So every mortgage and finance person in the world is anticipating that the Fed is going to raise from where it is right now, which is two and a quarter, to two and a half when they meet next, which is December 19th. And then every 90 days in 2019, there'll be another quarter point until they reach 3%. I think this is a very likely scenario. If things turn bad sooner than that, then they'll simply slow down and stop before they'd have anticipated. But this is very indicative of exactly where we are now. And this is an important point. The Federal Reserve at Two and a quarter is right where inflation is. Two and a quarter. That's where the CPI is. That's where the PCE. Most of the inflation indicators are right there. When the Fed funds rate is at the same rate as inflation, that is neutral. It's not loose, meaning accommodative, being below inflation like it has been for a while. 
and it's not tight or restrictive on the economy, which is where they're going. They want to go from two and a quarter at inflation to about three to help force the economy down, and it is slowing already. But the other reason they're going to do this is not just to slow the economy and drive these markets down. It's so the Fed will have tools in their little haversack to lower rates to move the economy along. It's exactly what they want. Through tightening by summer next year, and then how quickly they start lowering rates, well, that will be an interesting thing to watch. Down here at the bottom is basically where we are in inflation. And a lot of people out there, a lot of investors, and certainly anybody under 40 has never, ever experienced inflation like a lot of us did in the 70s and 80s. I hope they never do. But our inflation cycle, which amazingly enough we're in now, even though it doesn't feel like it, we're in one now, we'll see how long it lasts. I think it's going to be very tough for this economy to maintain inflation at 2%. Oil is cheap, plentiful. There's very little wage push in the economy. I mean, wage gains, which have been a historic large driver of inflation, you know, are 1.7 less than inflation. So the Fed will move along. Now, on the other side of the U.S., this is the industrial production numbers. They are very positive. Mining, manufacturing, utilities are all positive and headed in the right direction. That is a big, heavy ship that's very hard to turn. And the momentum on these components is very positive in the right direction. The S&P 500, and this is actually a great demonstration of how volatile the S&P 500 has been or not been, as is the case. This is the difference between the highest and the lowest closing levels over the course of the years. And 2018, despite the drama in the media, has been a very low volatile year. Just because you're down 4% in two days and you recover the next day means there's very little volatility. There's nothing like we had in 2008 where you're down 40% over the course of a couple of months. We have little tiny corrections. And I've mentioned before that this stock market has to come down a little bit, and it's come down about half as far as it should. It's still got a little ways to go. It's just not going to do it in one day. It's going to work itself down. The dollar is the other side of the coin. It continues to stay strong, and it's gotten strong again. That's one of the reasons our trade balance numbers are as high as they are, because the dollar is so powerful. The euro has recovered a little bit, though not very much. It's simply going to be the fact that the dollar is going to be strong for the foreseeable future as we're the only people on earth raising rates. It's okay. Now, Europe is not doing real well. I've talked about this a lot. All of their GDPs have turned south. If Germany turns south and their number one car customer, which is China, has really slowed their buying, and they've got their own issues, Germany's turned, and when Germany turns, everybody turns. And that's what's happening. On the Brexit side, it's interesting that it's very important that the International Monetary Fund uh, puts a lot of the countries that they lend money to in a very positive light, which is fine. And this is a, a big thing that they're telling about the UK right now. Gee, unemployment rate is coming down and their nominal wage are increasing. 
It's a great combination. It suggests an economy that's doing real well. Well, the fact of the matter is over 300,000 people have left the UK because at the end of, I think it's March 2019 when the Brexit happens, they're unregistered illegal aliens and have to get out anyway. So they're leaving now and a lot of these jobs are being replaced by people on the dole, which is Britain's version of welfare. And they're coming in and they have to be paid more. They're British citizens. So the numbers look great on the chart. It doesn't speak very well for how the economy is going in the long term anyway, but we'll see what happens with the negotiations. Now, finally, this is an interesting number that comes out of Freddie Mac. This is basically showing the abandoned homes, empty homes in the United States. The number usually runs 17, 18,000, and that's homes that are owned or there's a mortgage owed on them, or there was some reason for their existence, but they're simply abandoned. Well, China, just for an example, has 50 million of these, not 17,000. These empty homes, if you'd hardly call them homes, are the single biggest individual asset that the Chinese have. They all invest in real estate. Those of you that go visit China, and I recommend it, you can see everything you need to see in about 10 days. But you need to go out to some of these developments and look at these concrete shells, either eight-story or 16-story concrete shells, and they're just shells. Those are the empty homes that have been purchased. They're not sitting there by the developer waiting to sell. They've already been purchased, and whoever owns them has been saying, gee, they've been going up in value every year. Even though there's 50 million of them, waiting for somebody to come in and buy them. Well, when you buy a condo in China, what you get is the concrete. You don't get a door, you don't get any windows, you don't get any paint, you don't get anything but the very roughest of plumbing and no wiring. So anybody who buys one of those things is already gonna pay a fairly inflated price because most of the Chinese have been saying, gee, I've been making a lot of money in this real estate, even though very rarely do they sell. If you buy one of these, you have to furnish it. And I don't mean just furnish it. I mean put drywall in it, put doors in it, put windows, everything. It's an expensive proposition. Well, be that as it may, it's one of the issues out there that China's gonna have to deal with and not necessarily relevant to where we are, other than you don't have any Chinese positions in your portfolio. So there we are, we're up to date. There's not a lot of excitement going on. I think we know where the Fed is going. We're starting into the holiday season. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. If you have any questions, just send them along here to info at shwj.com. I'll be happy to deal with it. And I'll chat with you first part of December. Thanks for joining me.